Team, we are back with another episode of the Envision Greatness podcast with your host, Dylan Money. Now, today we've got Bonnie Bruce on as a guest. Me and Bonnie have been friends for about three or four years now. And honestly, she's just an absolute breath of fresh air to chat to. And she's just always such a positive person. Now, Bonnie's also a personal trainer. And we chat about a range of different topics in this podcast. They range from building a successful PT business in a short period of time. We also chat about why mental well-being is so important. Talk about being open on social media. Why reality TV shows may be affecting your mental health. And why you should embrace your insecurities. And we also chat about much more. Honestly, I really enjoyed recording this podcast. And I personally took away a lot of tips from it. And I really hope that you can too. So let's just go dive into it. So, Bonnie, this has been a long time coming. We've discussed jumping on a podcast together for about a year and a half now. So we're just going to head, get started. So why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what it is you do? Thank you. Um, yeah, so my name is Bonnie. I'm 25, soon to be 26. And I'm a personal trainer. Um, I work at Pure Gym. I've been doing that for about 15 months now. Um, I sound like I'm talking about a baby. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, so I work with um, some fab, fab little team of people. Um, and obviously that's changed a bit now. But uh, yeah, personal trainer. And that's what I do. Perfect. So obviously you've just mentioned you're a personal trainer. What made you want to become a PT? Uh, so I was not sporty whatsoever growing up. Um, was very much like the drama and the music kid and was a little stick like beanpole, never did any exercise. I think I went to dance classes, that was it. And I was quite strong mentally after a few things and kind of got to, I think around 19 and just felt really wrong that I felt really strong on the inside and then, you know, couldn't do a push up. So I was like, I need to do something about this. So kind of did the classic thing that I think most females do of started going out and running and did like exercise classes. And then after a while, I realized that that wasn't really getting me where I wanted to be. And so I uh, started weight training and it took a lot and it was scary at first, but the transformation that that took me on physically and mentally made me realize that there's so many other girls and guys who are probably in that same boat and don't really know how to get there. And I think I made a lot of mistakes when I was training and I never had a PT you know, had no clue what I was doing for a long time in my training career. So wanted to be that person for other people, you know. Um, there's a quote that I like live by, which is be the person that you needed when you were younger. And that's kind of what that. was the like the clicking point for me when I wanted to be a PT. I was like, you needed someone like yourself now. So why don't you go be that person for other people? Yeah, that's that's amazing that. So like a few things you've just touched on there we are going to we are going to touch on throughout the full podcast so we'll come back to a lot of it but to start with I just want to chat about your clientele so if anybody that knows you um, or follows you on Instagram they'll notice that the majority of your clientele was women is this something that you had planned or did it just so happen to work out this way I think it just happened to work out that way um, and I think I've never been I never made any intention of only taking on women or only taking on guys I think and it's not even about that it's about who was the best fit for the team and who I felt I could help 
the most. And whether they were male or female never really came into my mind. Um, I think, I guess, everyone wants a PT that's, that they can relate to and that they can open up with and who can open up with them as well. And I guess, I guess maybe females more, feel more comfortable with females doing that sometimes. Um, so yeah, I never planned it. I just kind of turned out that way. And I've got a couple of guys on the team who are fantastic and I love them to pieces. Um, but yeah, just always been kind of brought in more of the girls. But I think that's quite normal. That's quite usual. Yeah, it's, it tends to see that within the industry, women do tend to PT women. And as you say, it's probably women do tend to feel a bit more comfortable around other women um, because, well, you just have a lot more in common. You can relate. Uh, resonate mm-hmm. with a few things and guys tend not to really open up and chat about some topics um but one thing i want to mention and chat about uh, when it comes to female clients because obviously i do personal training as well and this is what i found so i found with some of my female clients when i mentioned weightlifting they freak out a wee bit until i explain to them that they're not they're not going to be some hench gals gals <laughs> swaggering around the gym do you find that that happened with some of your clients? And what would you tell a woman about lifting weights that would help them understand they kind of chill them out of it? Sure. Um, I actually, it's a question that I thought I would encounter a lot more as a PT, and it hasn't come up too much, but I am always prepared for that moment where, you know, you hand one of your female clients a dumbbell and she's like, ah, it's like <laughs> as if touching it's going to make her, <laughs> make her huge. Um, so what I'd say to people who are maybe worried about that, First of all, it takes so much, you know, the kind of women that you see who are, you know, really, really well built and maybe do like um, competitions and uh, or like CrossFit or stuff like that. The amount of work that has to go into that and the, the eating and the training and the um, commitment, you don't, that's not just going to happen overnight and it's not going to happen on a regular kind of training program. Um, I think... A lot of that will come from the idea that, you know, women didn't always go to the gym and there's still, I guess, a wee bit of stigma. Women still feel uncomfortable in there, most women anyway. Um, so I guess that kind of goes in hand with, you know, if, if I'm not, if I feel like I'm not supposed to be in here, then maybe if I overdo it, then I'm going to, you know, become one of the, the hench gals, like you say. Um, but yeah, and I think I also just say to them, I'm like, look, here, look at me. If I'm, unless I'm working out and, you know, you're all kind of pumped up, like you just look like a normal person do you mean and I think sure. I'm trying to get the idea across of um these people don't look like that all the time you know um it's a very it's a small like snapshot of how they how their body normally functions and how it normally looks so to think that you're going to get huge uh is not accurate but I can totally understand why women feel like that for sure. yeah for sure like I one thing I always say to my clients as well is for you to get to that size that you think you're going to get to is you would have to eat four or five thousand calories a day you would have to heavy weight train six times a week and inject your arse with steroids like yeah yeah and it's like yeah no we're, we're not going to be doing that but what you just spoke about there is kind of leads me on to the next point um you were saying how some some girls obviously do feel a wee bit a wee bit apprehensive and do you find that some of your your female clients are a bit apprehensive first going into the weights area for the first time and if they do which I'm assuming they do from what you've just said what what advice do you give them uh so yeah I've definitely had a couple of clients who you know on the very first time back in my early days I remember taking one of my clients in and on our first session we went straight into the weights area and she just was like I feel really uncomfortable like I really can't do this 
Um, and I learned, I was like, wow, people are still, girls really do struggle. And then I think back to when I first started lifting and I remember at my uni gym, there was this quite a small weights area. And for, I didn't, it must've been months, I would go and look in the little window that went into the room and just see all of these guys. And maybe like the token girl and just think I can't, I can't go in there. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm going to feel they're going to laugh at me. They're going to look at me. And so turned around and that went on for, I think months of just, you know, having this really nice idea of doing it and then just jumping back on, you know, on the rowing machine or whatever. So um, I totally understand it. And I think that was a big wake up call to me to, to remember that, you know, women still feel really uncomfortable in there. I think um, what I try to say to them now, I think it's a lot easier if you've got, you know, your PT by your side, because you kind of, you feel like you've got a wee bit of a, like you've got a buddy there with you and you don't feel as, I guess, kind of isolated. But I think I try and tell them, I'm like, listen, half the guys in the gym are too busy looking at themselves. They don't care about me. And I really think that's true. I mean, I've spent a lot of time in gyms and I don't think, honestly, from the, like from the, what I've seen, most of the guys are too, very so, vain. like, one thing. And also I think it's important to remember that a lot of guys probably feel the same. You know, like I've had a few male clients and they, I can tell that they're not super confident in the weights area. And that's just, it's the same thing of when you're in a place where you maybe feel like you're not confident and maybe like you don't belong, you're going to feel like everyone's looking at you and the fear of doing something wrong and everyone laughs at you and looks at you and it's just like it's never happened to me it's never happened to anyone that I train so it's just trying to get over that stigma of being you know you're a woman and you belong in there as much as a guy does and you know just because you might you might be the only woman in the gym but that's okay yeah absolutely like it's funny that you said that that well it's just when you were saying about some guys obviously feel the same like kind of resonates with me because I can remember just a quick story that when I was first in the gym and I was about 16 started lifting weights and I got I got to a point where I thought you know what I'm big enough to wear a vest (laughs) right and the gym that I was in (laughs) the gym that I was in was like a, a kind of old school bodybuilders gym with iron weights and and here's me thinking that I'm 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 the big dog going in so I put this vest on and I I walked in I have never felt so bare and insecure in my entire life than that one day. And every single time that I have clients coming in who are insecure about kind of going into the weights area or they feel a bit uncomfortable, I tell them about that story because it's good for people to realize that even personal trainers, like you say, you've dealt with it yourself. I've dealt with it. Everybody deals with that initial like fright and that initial kind of a scared feeling of going into the weights area and it's it just takes time to to kind of go past that because for instance with you you're you're stronger than like 80 percent of the guys that i know and like (laughs) (laughs) myself included i remember that one time you trained legs and i thought i was going to pass out but like (laughs) but like (laughs) realize it takes time to kind of uh to kind of a grow up grow and build as a person within the gym so Everything you said there was kind of spot on. Just always make sure and do a little bit of research as well. Don't just kind of go in blind eyed. And if you don't have a personal trainer, kind of a, yeah, study study some things online. Like before you obviously became a personal trainer, started studying, um, you, you obviously went into the weights area beforehand. How did you go about kind of a, like learning how to program programs and how to gain strength and kind of always progress? Uh, Dylan I didn't have a clue honestly I would so I watched I kind of took what I knew from fitness classes and what I'd seen on 
Instagram and YouTube, burst into that weight room. Uh, I remember just walking to the opposite end of the room and just pretending to tie my shoelaces. I just whispered to myself, holy shit, like, what am I doing? What am I doing? And everyone's looking at me. And I remember just seeing this one girl and I was like, she's, she's, the, she's your gal. And I remember just literally following her around the gym from a distance. Like, it wasn't creepy, but like, <laughs> looking what she was doing. And I was like, okay, she's done that. So I'll just go do that next. And I just kind of learned from her. And I think I did approach her at one point and said, listen, I just saw you doing that thing. Would you mind like showing me it? Like, I've, I've got no clue what I'm doing. And then in return, she was like, yeah, sure. And then I think she said something like, oh, by the way, I think you're doing really well or I think you're looking really good. And it was just that such like nice thing of another girl building up another girl and um and supporting each other. So I think after that, once I got a wee bit like my foot in the door, I started to, like you said, researched, followed people on Instagram who I thought kind of were on a similar path to me or, or had or had already kind of tried that path that I wanted to go on. Um, watched YouTube videos, uh, made a lot of mistakes, had a lot of embarrassing moments. But like you don't, like, it doesn't matter. Do you mean all the things I did? I, I've got, I've got so many embarrassing gym stories. But you get over it. It's, it's not the end of the world. And when do you stand back? Huh? Tell us one. Tell us one. Give the viewers oh, an embarrassing. the worst one. So where I used to see if someone. Oh God, right. So where I used to train. <laughs> this is awful. Um, I remember uh, working out my day. It was like day, and I was doing my warm up. And I remember I had my headphones on, and while I was doing my warm up, I remember just in hindsight thinking was that like a ripping noise and then I kind of felt my leggings and I was like nah everything's fine so continued continued to my leg workout which involved definitely there was some squats there was definitely like a step up onto a bench right in the middle of the free weights area and then I remember going to sit on the leg press and I sat down on the on the seat and I was like ah like it's really cold and I was like wait why is it cold and I was like there's a fucking hole in my leggings isn't there and I had the biggest hole like right on the butt right on the butt not even in not and not anywhere subtle like right on the butt so my only thought is that it happened at the start because it was definitely a ripping noise still and I just didn't detect it so there I am sitting on the leg press and I was like the only way for me to get out of the situation is to get back to the changing room and to get back to the changing room I either have to walk through the free weights or in between the treadmills and I was like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go I'm gonna go to the treadmills and I remember walking like calmly I was like if you walk calmly no one's gonna notice so I walked calmly and just got halfway down the treadmills and caught eyes with like one guy and was like no 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 chance and just absolutely bolted it to the changing rooms um I had a spare pair with me so just popped the spare pair on and went right back out there you know that was what to finish her set <laughs> um but yeah and you know what it was horrific but who cares do you mean um I think at that time I was shown enough of my friggin body on Instagram anyway I think my brother when I told my brother about it he was like I will you like you do that all the time anyway so <laughs> what does it matter um yeah so I was like it's fine it's okay um and it was embarrassing but you know what I learned to always take a spare pair of leggings with me to the gym and he's laughing now you know <laughs> <laughs> but nah if, if you're listening and you you're wanting to start the gym you, you can't you can't get any <laughs> I don't think I don't think it gets any worse than that. Like it's and that's the thing that's how I try to tell people. I'm like I've had arguably the most embarrassing gym moment, and I just don't really care, you know, because yeah. these are people who I, who knows, maybe they didn't even see it. If anyone saw it and you're listening, you know, write in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny if we get people in. <laughs> right, we're going to. Please don't. <laughs> <laughs> right, going to move on to that. So yeah, for anybody that knows you, like <laughs> you don't you don't just focus on body transformation with your clients. You're very 
you're very focused on mental well-being. Now, is this something that you've always done as a coach? And if so, why? Uh, 100%. So I think before I even started, like I said at the beginning, I was very aware that I kind of had my own uh, struggles in life and felt very strong mentally, but not physically. And I think when I did start to train, they both kind of complemented each other in this really nice way. And so right from the start, I was like, being a PT is, is and should be about so much more than the fitness side of things and the exercise side of things. And I was like, I want to have people on the team who I feel comfortable with and they feel comfortable enough with me with to tackle any kind of anything that's going on, I guess, outside of the gym. And a lot of that obviously includes mental well-being. Um, you can separate the two. And, and if any coach isn't comfortable with kind of handling the mental side of things, obviously there's a line. Like you, you always need to work within your field and if it's an act, you know, if there's someone who's, I guess, needs uh, or aren't with your capabilities, then it's not fair to kind of uh, take that on. But if you're a coach, you don't feel comfortable having those really, really deep conversations with your clients and talking about their personal lives and, you know, their relationships and work and their stresses, then I, I don't think you're doing your job properly. Um, and people might argue with, with me with that, but um, that's just how I feel. So, um, yeah, I always wanted to be a kind of support I guess for people mentally and help them look after their well-being and you know every client I have in our consultation we talk about you know their sleep and their stress and their work life and how is their you know environment at home uh do they have a, like a support group etc etc because I think you can't train someone and not know about those things I think it's absolutely it's just as important as knowing what they did in the gym yesterday you know um so yeah always always that was always one of the most important things to focus on with my clients do you do you think that that's kind of a stemmed from kind of a things that's happened kind of a in your life in the past or do you just think you've always been very up on self-development I think a bit of both I think um when I was younger I kind of I remember going through stages I wanted to be a teacher I wanted to be a therapist I wanted to be kind of all these things which at the root of it all was helping people and I think when I decided I wanted to, to be a PT that just kind of blended all of these things together um, and I think as well like I said before um, going through some stuff when I was younger I had a fantastic family support but I guess maybe there was a part of me that always uh, or would have appreciated someone who was like on the outside who could have just been an extra support who I think that's the really powerful thing about having a or being a PT is that you're not in their circle you're not related to them you're not um you know you're a little bit outside of their circle so they feel that they can talk to you about things which maybe they don't have um someone else they can talk to with so yeah I'd say a kind of mixture of wanting to always develop myself in many ways apart from like physically and then also uh like a kind of personal thing of wanting to be that person for someone yeah for sure so obviously from that you can tell that you're like mental well-being is something that you obviously feel strongly about so for anybody that's looking to improve their overall mental health who have maybe went through different struggles what three tips would you give them uh so i'd say i'm gonna go behind like pure cliche and say exercise um and i think when i say that it's really important that you don't associate exercise with the gym i think people have you know, whether it's swimming or your dance class or just going for a walk. Like, I think probably a lot of people have realized in the past few weeks how healing and powerful just a walk is. 
Um, and I think just getting yourself outself outside and moving, I think uh, any kind of physical challenge helps to reassure you that you can handle things mentally as well. Um, there's been a lot of times in my life where I'm faced with adversity and I'm like, well, you, you know, if you push yourself through that minging workout the other day, then you're probably going to be okay. And vice versa, when you're trying to do a workout and you're like, well, you've been through that really tough thing, uh, you know, when you were younger or whatever, so you can probably handle this workout. So they're just they're really important. I think keeping your exercise up uh, does wonders for your mental health. Um, number two, um, I think this is a big one for me, like learning to say no to people. So I think everyone suffers from uh, FOMO, from fear of missing out, for anyone who doesn't know what I mean. Um, I don't, because I'm a massive, like kind of secret introvert. Um, I bloody love spending time alone and would often choose it over talking to someone else or, or making plans with people. So I'm quite happy to say no to things. I don't feel guilty. I don't feel guilty being sometimes selfish, if that means that it's the right thing for me to do for myself at that time. Um, but I think a lot of people really struggle with that and they just want to be involved in everything. And I don't know if that is just a kind of, people are a lot more social than me or if they're just maybe always worried that if they're not there or if they don't say yes, is there gonna be some big thing that they're not a part of? Um, so I think learning to say no when, you know, on the nights when there's supposed to be a party, but you're really just kind of wanting to stay in bed and watch Netflix and eat pizza. Um, learning that you don't have to do anything that someone expects you to do, like that's okay. Um, you need to look after yourself, number one, always. So I'd say that's my second one. And then the third one, um, this is a huge one for me, just spend less time on social media. I think that's the absolute like killer of your kind of identity and your um, self-esteem. I think reality shows as well are the devil. Um, I've been watching one, which I'm not going to say because I don't want to promote it and don't want else to watch it. Um, and it's so funny because I'm, I would say I'm a really kind of body positive person. But see, watching that show, I just thought, because I really picked myself up on it. I, I was like, I noticed myself one day just watching it and thinking, oh man, like those girls are beautiful. And I always, like I always look at girls and, you know, can appreciate other women and don't, doesn't often affect me. Yeah. But I don't remember just catching myself thinking, like, well, you don't look like that, do you? And I was like, where did that thought come from? I've never thought about that about myself. And I think these shows are so powerful. Um, they pick like really unrealistic um, ideas of women who are, of course, they're beautiful because all women are, but it just makes you feel constantly like you're having to kind of, you're comparing yourself to these people on social media, on reality shows. So I think spending less time watching them, spending less time on social media or seriously kind of like harvesting who you follow and who you're exposed to um, is absolutely crucial for looking after your mental well-being. Yeah, that, I agree 100%. And again, that's going to bring us on to the kind of next topic that I want to talk about. But before we move on to that, three tips that she's given as exercise, saying no, so the power of no, and spend less time on social media and watching reality TV shows. Just a wee quick one. Is that reality TV show the new one that's on Netflix? Yeah, Dylan, I don't want to say it, man. I, no, yeah. just yes or no, yeah. It's yeah, it is. garbage. I've, I looked it's at it and I was like, that looks shite. <laughs> I, so I've never, like, I've never done, I've never watched Love Island and I've been really proud of myself. And I don't know if just, I don't know what it was, but there was just a weekend where I just binged all of this trash TV and that was some of it. And yeah, and it's weird because you kind of hate yourself for watching it, but then you can't stop watching. Um, and I don't know what that's about. There'll be some like psychological thing there. But yeah, I've never felt that way about my body and I've never 
I don't think, for at least for a long time, had that kind of feeling of, oh, well, they look, I, you know, they look really good. So then that makes me feel inferior. Um, and I really, I like cut myself off straight away and I was like, no, 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 like we don't think like that. That's, that's wild. Yeah. So yeah, don't watch it, folks. All right. <laughs> you know, Stay away. The thing is, when it comes to reality TV shows and stuff like that, it's, it's always going to have, in my eyes, a negative effect because like, I'm quite a body haven't always been through competing stuff but now I'm quite a body positive person you are yourself I know a few other people that are but watching these reality tv shows do tend to it gets to anybody and like one thing that I do often say is the insecurities that you have come from the standards and expectations you set yourself and they're usually based on what's presented to you through social media and through what society tells tells you to look like and it's with that, it's like social media can be a great thing and it can be a horrible thing. And obviously, we've just touched on kind of the social media and reality TV. In your eyes, do you think social media is more good than bad or more bad than good? Ooh, um, I do think, forever the optimist, that it is more good than bad. I just think it's kind of like this little tool that needs to be used wisely. And I think um, if you can't, sounds like if you can't kind of control yourself on it and uh, limit what you do on it, I think it can get really out of hand. Um, and I actually kind of posted that quite recently as one of my kind of tips for people right now. I was like, anyone that makes you feel inferior, makes you feel like you're not being productive enough, makes you feel bad about yourself in whatever way even though it's probably not intentional and they probably don't mean anything by it, just unfollow them. Because at the end of the day, it's social media. If, it's, if your best pal keeps posting her workouts and you've not worked out for five days and that makes you feel rubbish, don't look at it. Like it's as simple as that. Um, and I realize that that people might not agree with me, but I just think you, like we've never been in more control over what we consume than we are right now. So just choose to not consume the things that are bad for you. So, you know, people avoid, I don't know people avoid cardio because it sucks and they hate it and people don't smoke because they know it's bad for you but yet we still binge on social media and it, you know I don't think anyone's ever come off a wee Instagram scrolling session said you know what I feel so much better about myself yeah. um do you know what I mean so I think when used too much of and when you kind of follow the wrong people or the people who don't uh provide any real value to you I think it's bad that being said, I think one of the only reasons that I still keep Instagram is obviously for business and there's also so much good on it. So there's a lot of good content. I learn a lot on Instagram. Um, it's a great way to keep up with your friends, of course. So there is so much good on there. There's so much to learn. There's so much to kind of laugh at and be entertained by and discover. Um, but you do have to be careful with what you choose to see, I guess. Yeah, you know, everything that you've just said there is so 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 right like i seen a tweet and it was it was ages ago i seen it. i can't exactly remember what the full quote was but it was stop following influencers and start following creatives and artists and you'll mm. you'll eventually see your mental health increasing now i personally took that upon myself to do um must have been just before i went to australia so about six seven months ago and followed all these influencers like you say people from love island and all that type stuff and people that where you were looking thinking like 
ah, fuck, I kind of should look like that. Then I started following kind of a more creative, so people who are more into photography or um, art or people that are into fashion and all that type of stuff, like people that aren't really self-obsessed in a sense and don't give you this false sense of like look and it and it definitely definitely changed my like outlook on myself if that makes sense mm-hmm. like it made me feel a lot better by it also kind of made me a bit more creative as well and it kind of opened up a lot more in my mind from just doing that one simple thing so like that's one bit of advice I would give to people who who are kind of in that state where they're starting to feel a bit down mental health wise is and if they think it's stemming from social media is unfollow all these accounts that you in a sense aspire to look like where yep. when you shouldn't and start following accounts that you find that are a bit more creative and and it will, it will do wonders like that's a bit of advice i would give what bit of advice would you give alongside that to stop people setting themselves setting expectations for themselves um, in terms of social media or just in, in both social media and in general um, so definitely definitely agree with what you said there about um, unfollowing those kind of people anyone honestly anyone that doesn't add value in your life whether it's on through a platform like social media or whether it's face to face just like get rid of them I don't know it sounds really that sounds brutal and uh, sadly I think you mentioned this on your podcast with Billy you said about the you know you are the some of the five people you spend the most time with and I remember listening yeah I know but the but the thing is with that is that sadly you can't always control or choose who those five people are so a lot of people who you know maybe don't enjoy their work and because of their work colleagues and you know spend more time on work than they do with their friends and with their partner do you mean they can't always choose does that then mean that they become you know these work colleagues who are maybe negative or um like competitive or jealous or wherever they are do you know what I mean no I get what you mean no it's a very good point in that sense I guess guess it's more you become who you choose to surround yourself with not who you you know you have to sit beside in the office yeah yeah, exactly so it's like trying to like for instance if your groupie friends in your local town that you've grew up with are all arseholes or completely negative and look at things like glass half empty type way then you yeah. can go out, you can go into social media, which is a good thing that social media is for after all the all the negative things we just spoke about. It, it Ashton, is, did we not become friends through social media? Yes. <laughs> this is what <laughs> this is what I was gonna say. It's, it's good like social media is bad if you use it in the wrong ways, but it's good yeah. if you use it in the right ways. Like I've met all of my best mates have all been through social media and mm. it's yeah, it's definitely something that can be good if you make definitely. it. Definitely. And I think um, what you said there about like your school friends, I think anyone in your life who gives you the whole, you've changed chat all the time, are probably not people that you need to have around you because you should change. And especially if it's kind of old school friends who, who are giving you that chat. If you've not changed in school, <laughs> I'd suggest you do some, you know, some self-development. Um, like you shouldn't be the same person of course i mean completely changing you know doing like a 180 and changing everything about yourself uh fair enough your friends pull you up for that but i think you need to have people around you who support your growth whether that's online or um 
in your kind of actual uh, physical circle. Um, and I do think if you've not, if the people around you aren't supporting you, um, obviously support yourself, but start to look for, you know, other other people who do, or um, like you said, follow people on Instagram who motivate or kind of inspire that creative side of you rather than that side of you that's, you know, self-deprecating and focuses far too much on, you know, the artificial things um, yeah. or superficial or both. honestly what you just said there about the school type friends i mean i haven't really experienced it but i know a lot of people who who have and and it fucks me off every time i hear somebody mention it because when folk are like oh like you say oh you've grown up like not grown up you've changed a lot since school it's like well at school you're exposed to a certain group of people you're not exposed to people that you feel as if you can be yourself around your your group of friends at school could potentially like you you've got the full world like you yep. say you you grow up in a small town and you go to a school that's maybe a school that schools <laughs> five or six different towns that like the group that you have there if you think that's going to be the group that you spend the rest of your life with and you're going to be best friends you're off your fucking head like <laughs> yeah are like seriously like it's that group, like, if you do not constantly adapt and change the way you are and start meeting people that you're kind of a more alike, then you're, you're not growing as a person. And I just feel as if after school, it is good to try and expand that circle, even if, I mean, I don't even know if anybody who's listening to this is going to still be at school, but if you are, I would suggest if you have, like, kind of a left... Leave your friends. <laughs> like, if you've left high school and or even university in your, I would suggest starting to open up your, your circle, even if the people that you're currently spending time with give you shit for it. Because mm-hmm. like it, it happens, like you, when you start to open up your circle and start spending time with other people, your current circle get jealous. Now your current circle could be a, a bunch of people that really you've got fucking nothing in common with. Like you're only, you're only friends yeah. with them because you had to be friends with them if that makes sense yeah definitely because you see them every day at school so you've got no other option your friends out of convenience rather than choice and I think I spent a lot of time um just feeling like I didn't I hadn't really found I'm not going to say tribe because I feel like that's just such a I just I'm not into that but I just felt like I spent a long time not finding my people and then realized that I think that kind of idea of having you know the girl gang or like the group of lads it doesn't always work like that and I now have, you know, I'd say all of my best friends, they don't know each other and they're from different circles and some are from traveling, some are from uni, one from school, shout out to Zoe. <laughs> um, and, and, they're, and they're all absolutely brilliant and amazing and they give me such different amazing qualities that I'd look for in a friend. But they have probably nothing in common with each other and I don't even know if they'd get on with each other. Um, but that's my little like group of people that I've cultivated over the years and it's still, and I'm continuing to, to grow and expand on you know whenever you meet someone that's just the right sort of fit for you um but yeah to to think that i'd still be friends with the people from school and and hadn't branched out from there i don't think I, there's no chance i would be where i am and be doing what i'm doing because it would have been too suffocating and i've changed so much that every day it would have been like well, why are you doing that and why are you doing this and oh you're, you're different and you're not who you used to be and it's toxic so you have to just at some point snip snip that's my life motto just snip snip 
Well, you've basically just in that small 30 second segment you've just summed up what I was trying to say for about three minutes so <laughs> thank you for that <laughs> oh. I knew that was the reason why I got you on I was concise for the first time in my life <laughs> <laughs> so obviously that's just that was a massive part um, on mental health and we kind of went on a bit of a tangent more than what I wanted but it's provided value so not really not really too fast but the last kind of a thing I want to chat about with social media is you're very open on social media. For anyone that follows you, um, they'll see this, that you're you're open, especially when it comes to things like body image, emotions, periods, struggles, all that type of stuff. What made you decide to be so open on your social media account? So I think... Um... This is a hard one because I think when I look back, there's a lot of stuff I posted on social media, which I don't necessarily agree with now. And I don't know if I would have posted now. So for anyone listening um, who doesn't know, I feel like I was a wee bit of an insta hole for a while. Um, and I actually have no shit. I'm like, you know what? I, I did you know what, what I did. Um, <laughs> Before I got you on, I was, always, I was scrolling down your feed and I was like looking at all your, like, your highlights. Oh you kind of a look at different like, topics for us to discuss. Uh, that I thought would be very good to discuss and I got about I got about 2016 2017 and I was like oh it's bad time direction Bonnie I was like you were were heading towards Gymshark I know I know here I moved to New York for six months and everything just went to shit um but you know what I don't regret it I think yeah 2016 you'll obviously know I'm doing a purge so every day I'm a time hop I go back and it takes me back to some perfect thing from 2016 and I just deleted it. So we're making, we're making progress. Um, so <laughs> moving on from that. So there was definitely a while where I was very, uh, I don't know, posted things which I don't think actually provided any real content. But I was at that age where I think I was single and I was, I guess, looking for validation and attention via a social media platform, which I think probably we're all guilty of at some point. Yeah, we've all been there. Um, oh yeah, definitely. So that took a bit of a kind of, 180 I think even when I was doing that I always just didn't I didn't give a shit I would talk about periods I talk about you know being sad I talk about everything because I think for me being genuine like authenticity is the most important thing to be as a human being um and I don't think I ever wanted someone I really don't want this to be like not true considering what I used to post but I don't think I ever wanted someone I think through all of it I was always being authentic sometimes just a bit too authentic um and I don't think I just don't ever want someone to relate to a version of me that isn't real um I don't want anyone to kind of think uh you know I just think there's so many so many people on social media who look great and that's awesome and good for you but like what else can you give to the world and I think that was like a big turning point for me um you know I was like sweet I've got some abs but like what can I actually what value can I provide for anyone um, and I think, honestly, opening up and just chatting about your own struggles, like you said earlier, that like people like vulnerability and, you know, having someone who maybe you look up to who one day comes on Instagram and says, you know what, I've had a really shit day and I've really struggled with X, Y, and Z. And you've maybe struggled with X, Y, and Z. You just instantly connect with that person and you feel more understood and you feel less alone. So I think that was the big thing for me of just being, just being authentic and acknowledging the ups and the downs and the highs and the lows. You know? Yeah, like 
I've not really got anything to add to that. You, <laughs> you look, I was like, did I answer your question? No, no, you did. You answered the question. You hit the nail on the head. Um, honestly, that's we've covered so much during that, and we could probably speak all day. To be honest, there's a few other topics that I I want to to discuss. Some being like you say, periods, menstrual cycle, and all that. But I'm probably probably going to get you on another one just to have uh, probably a full hour discussion on that one subject. <laughs> so <laughs> so oh, we'll yeah. have that have that at another point. But before we finish up. What I've been getting uh, every other guest to answer is three questions that have been asked on social media from other people. Now we have three questions that are you've kind of answered some of them actually <laughs> through the, the podcast. So I'm going to try and find some other ones. But jumping the gun. Um. Yeah, here's one. Do you think it's harder being a female PT working with an industry than it would be to be a male? So people say, I know that um, some PTs would say yes, because I think if you're a guy PT, both male and females feel comfortable to come to you. So, you know, there's a lot of guy PTs I know who, like yourself, you've got almost all female clients, right? Yeah. Yeah. But you'd also, guys would also feel comfortable coming to you. So some PTs say that the other way around, it's not like the other way around, so that not all guys will feel comfortable coming to a female. Um, so then your kind of, I guess, like pool of potential clients is smaller. I don't know if I agree with that. I think, um, or I don't know if I'm just kind of like to believe that we're on an equal, like, stead and that we're both, that male and female both have the same opportunities. Um, I think, to be honest, like, if you're a good PT, if you're male or female, I don't think it matters. I think people come to you, you know, I don't, I don't know why, you know, the, the few guys that I, that I train, I don't think they came to me. I think my like my gender had nothing to do with it. I think they came to me because you know they liked my classes or they liked me in my consultation or we got on well. I think the fact that I'm a female has nothing to do with it. And I think um, any good PT, I don't think their like their gender role should either kind of limit them or give them put them, put them at a great advantage to anyone else. I think if you're good at your job, I think we live it's 2020. You know, I think. Um, the fact that you're a man or woman shouldn't make any difference and especially in a world like you know where we're self-employed and we choose uh, how we run our business and what we do it's not like you're being put, in a dis- put at a disadvantage because you've got a boss who you know is sexist towards you I think to be honest when you're kind of when you're on, on your own business if you do your job properly then I think that shouldn't matter too much yeah no I agree with you 100% yeah, I think it more comes down to like you say if you're good at what you do and also, if you're authentic and relatable, um, relatability, relatability is a massive thing when it comes to personal training. Definitely. Nobody really gives a shit if you've got abs or if you've got the nicest bum ever. It's more a case of, do I relate to this person and do, would I feel comfortable around that person? So I agree with you. I don't think it's a case of it's easier for one or the other. It's more of a case of, I feel good at what you do. Yeah. So the second question, very simple. What motivates you? Oh, see, right now, right from the get-go, I dislike the word motivation. And I feel like you'll probably agree with me this. With, oh my God, agree with me on this still. I just think there's so many people who get themselves in a little wormhole of like, 
I'm not motivated, so I can't go to the gym. And it's just like people need to realize that if I'd relied on motivation this whole time, I would have patched it ages ago because motivation is so fickle and it doesn't last. And more often than not, people are motivated externally rather than from something within them. So, you know, they'll walk past on the street and they'll see a picture of a bikini model and they'll be like, oh, I want to look like that. Or, you know, they'll see a guy doing his thing in the gym and, you know, the guy will be like, oh, I want to look like that. That's so fickle and it isn't going to last. And I think the minute that you, you know, it might last for the week or so, but then the minute that you wake up and something else is more important or you want to sleep or you want to patch it for patch your training for that day, you're going to, it's like that really fickle external motivator isn't going to be there for you at that time. So I think motivation, uh, there's of course like there's times in your life where you're inspired and you want to, or you see something and you think, wow, that's cool. I'd like to be able to do that. That's fine. But I think what matters more is the commitment and, um, discipline like yeah discipline thank you i was gonna say routine but discipline is exactly the word i was looking for like i don't work out every day now because i'm just so pumped and i love it so much see this morning i got up at 7 a.m trained and i fucking hated it i was raging the whole time i was doing split squats and for anyone who knows me i bloody hate split squats and um my boyfriend was here and i just kept looking at him and being like this is fish and i don't want to do it and he's like well don't do it then and i was like no no i'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna finish it and then two minutes later, I was like, this sucks. And he's like, well, take a break. I was like, no, no, I'm not going to do it. Because the discipline and the routine far outweighs the motivation, right? So I think if you're relying on that motivation, that's where so many people mess up because they just, that fizzles out and then you've got nothing left. Whereas if you've created this habit and this routine, it's like brushing your teeth. You know, those nights when you're lying in bed and you're like, oh, I'm tired, I could just go to sleep. But you don't, you get from brush your teeth because it's just what you do. And the same way with exercise. I'd say, I have like one really good session every two weeks and I'd say the rest are pretty average but you just do it because you know the bigger picture and you know that that little half hour or hour or 45 minutes of discomfort is less uncomfortable than not doing it. Yeah agreed. So I would just say like yeah motivation is short-term gain discipline is yeah. long-term gain like 100 percent. so i do agree with you on that sense motivation i'm not really a big fan of that word but um no. the last one before we before we finish up is what inspired you to start peak to peak brand your peak to peak brand it's an old school friend of his from school so pass on a high oh an old school friend of mine yeah oh Oh, <laughs> i'll tell you after oh well hey old friend um so peak to peak um the name it, itself i assume that question is asking for um so i remember having a conversation with one of my best pals once we were walking along through the streets in glasgow and i was single at the time and i remember saying to him you know i think i was obviously having you know the single struggle wondering why i was on my own and i think i ever said to him i was like do you think I've just reached my peak? Like, do you think that's it? I think I was probably like 22 or 23 at the time. I was like, do you think I've just peaked too soon and I'm done? And then he just kind of looked at me and he was like, to be honest, I don't think we ever peak. Like, I think we just keep going and we get better. And then maybe we kind of a few wee while where we kind of lose it for a while and then we improve again. And he's like, I think we just always keep on going. And whenever you think that you've peaked, you look back six months later and you're like, oh, hell no. I don't know what I was up to, but that wasn't, that was not my best work. Um, and that just really, that stuck with me for years. And then as soon as I got into BTing, I was like, that has to be 
like that has to be the message of you never you should always be aiming to get better and that sometimes getting better might mean that you fall down or you kind of go downhill for a little while but you always come back up again and that nothing is easy there's always a climb um but that yeah you're always part of this journey is always improving you in some way like you're always learning you're always growing and that was the whole point of peak to peak and not just and not just peak because i think just peak suggests that you just kind of get up there and you're done whereas the whole idea of like peak to peak fitness was you know again like i said earlier the highs and the lows life's never perfect some pretty shit times um but there's also some really good times and you can't appreciate either um without the other you know so that was the that was the kind of story behind it yeah i didn't i didn't know that either. that's that's a very yeah, very, was, very good story behind the name of your brand and i always forget to tell people like i think i think half the people on my team that they're listening to this probably won't even know that story because i just always forget to tell it <laughs> you should you should tell that that's it's an inspiring um, kind of a wee story as to how you got your name. It's a lot more inspiring as to how I got mine. What was yours? I mean, the way I look at it is like, in, like obviously, team and like envision coaching. So, like for me, it's envision, like you kind of envision a better you, a better future for yourself, and yeah, just envision being better, and. That's pretty much it. <laughs> I could die, die at that. <laughs> like, no, that's fine. No, no, no. Like, not, it has the same kind of a concept, but just it's not, not as interesting as walking down the street and, and having a realisation. Having an epiphany. Just make it up. Just make it up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's, the, that's pretty much everything I'm wanting to ask. And the, the three other the other questions from all the people and I'll tell you who that person is in a minute um, but <laughs> before we before we kind of uh, pack up where can people find you on social media uh, so you can find me at bonnie underscore bfit is my personal uh, personal page and then peak to peak fitness is my business page um, and I'm only on Instagram I'm not one of these you know multitasking platformers so Instagram will have to do there we go. You had it here, <laughs> nice and simple. <laughs> no Twitter. As here, I told you, spend less time on social media. Go rid of, get rid of Twitter, get rid of everything else. Just stick Perfect. on the Well, Bunny, it's been an absolute pleasure, and I'm pretty sure that I'm going to have you back on in the next month to discuss other other topics. But girly things. Yeah, girly things with with a man. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> so it's been an absolute pleasure, and I shall speak to you soon. Thank you, Dylan. Pleasure to be on.